Okay, everyone, um, Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 140. This is your host, Adam Piggott, coming to you here from the Netherlands, lockdown, um, on a Monday evening. I, I normally don't record podcasts in the evening. I'm a, I'm a morning guy. Um, I'm a morning guy, and uh, I'm pretty tired today, actually. Tired from not doing anything at all. But I just had a shower and uh, freshened myself up, and I thought, hmm. <coughs> it's been a few weeks without a podcast, and I, I should get one out. And uh, and also, I felt I had the, sh- the shower really got my juice flowing, you know. So uh, here we are. It's been three weeks since a podcast. My apologies, but guys, I just haven't had anything to talk about, really. Um, it's everything is coronavirus everywhere you look. I, you'll notice that my blogging has dropped off. I think like last week I only did two articles apart from the the normal hot chicks and links on the Friday. It's just I I I I, refu- I just don't want to. I just don't want to uh, write or discuss uh, write about or discuss this um, this ridiculous circumstance which we're all finding ourselves in. Uh, and some more than others. Here in Holland, it's, it's quite fine, apart from the fact that, you know, you know, 70% of the businesses are shut down, but you can still go out in the street and go for a walk. You're not having to wear a face mask or anything like that. Uh, it, it sounds a little bit, from what I'm hearing on forums like Cadillacy Files, that... Uh, um, Australia has gone full Nazi. But I spoke to a really good friend of mine today in Australia, uh, and he just he said it's, it's fine. He, he'd just taken the dogs down to the park for a walk, and he said the reason that the, the, the fines are copping out is because so many Australians are just fucking idiots. And um, knowing Australians as well as I do, I, as soon as he said that, I, I was like, oh, okay. Because here in Holland, it's like the only people who are being fucking idiots about this, from what I've heard, are the culture enrichers from North Africa. Um, and even they're kind of towing the line, you know. It's just a, it's just a lot more civilised over here. Um, you know, you send, 200 years ago, you send all your worst elements down to Australia, you know, you get what you get. Mind you, that doesn't really explain New Zealand very much, because they weren't a... Uh, a convict colony, um, but anyway, um, the lockdown continues, and I just haven't got any inspiration either. I need to be out and about with people to get inspiration. I need to be observing what's going on around me, and I'll observe, and then I'll I'll read something, and then I'll I'll, I'll help to formulate an opinion, and then something will pop out, and there we go. I've uh, I've got something to write about or something to talk about, um, in my own in my own manner, but I've been well. I was at work last week for four days, and that was good. But it wasn't really work. It was it was oh well, we were working, but it, there were four people there instead of forty or you know a hundred or something like that. So and no customers. So, uh, it, 
the you know, it's just not there. You know, we need to get things rock and rolling again. Men have to have purpose. You know, we need purpose. We need uh, tasks. Uh, this would be a perfect time to get my uh, my third book finished off. But once again, I'm just not getting the inspiration that I need. I'm not. It's the perfect time to do it. But uh, so what I've been doing is I've been working on my uh, working on my Dutch, um, studying that a bit, and um, I've also been uh, observing what's going on around me because I do live in a very nice spot here on this little uh, you know water area. It's quite uh, a little ecosystem here. We've got um, this week was the tragedy of the ducklings. Yes, the tragedy of the ducklings. So, uh, Mama Duck rocked up on day one with roughly 10 ducklings. And on day two, she was down to three. And then on day three, she was down to one survivor. And I haven't seen them today. Day Today was day four. I didn't, I didn't see them at all. But today went cold. It, uh, it turned, it's been beautiful weather here. Uh, in Holland. And the things that have been taking the ducklings are the seagulls, which are massive in uh, in the Netherlands, and then the snook. Uh, so they get it from up top and below. Um, it's a bit disconcerting, you know, to watch Mama Duck. And Mama Duck's pretty aggressive, but it's not doing any good, obviously. It's a bit, it's a bit disconcerting to watch this little line of little ducklings going along. It's so cute. And then one of them, well, is gone and the fish is eating it. It's just what the hell? Yeah, uh, we got some turtles in here that have just started hanging out with their heads above the water. That's pretty cool. Um, and a lot of big fish coming around now because it's it's coming out. The water's warming up, so they're going to probably be breeding in three or four weeks. We've got other birds uh, that have uh, more hens that have got little chicks out as well, and uh, there's some other birds that I can't identify and. That's all very nice, sitting on the back deck. And like I said, the weather's been uh, glorious spring weather, the best spring weather, weather I've seen since I've been here in Holland, uh, which must make this lockdown particularly brutal for people running bars, restaurants. Uh, you know, I mean, the whole Easter weekend, the, the, the weather has been absolutely perfect, 21 degrees centigrade, completely blue sky, no wind sort of. I mean, it's just dream stuff for an Easter weekend, but of course it's all on lockdown. There we go. Um, I think surviving this lockdown in the sense of, um, it's a real mental thing. Because also, it's also a physical thing, because I can't go to the gym, and I've only got a couple of dumbbells here, and it does not cut it. So when I do eventually go back to the gym, it's probably going to be two months away. Oh, the first week's going to be brutal. That's going to be really tough. Uh, I'm not ordering gym equipment online. I'm not ordering anything online because I'm just not spending money. I'm just uh, bunkering down the finances. And I'm being prudent in this time uh, and adding to my stash. Um, so, uh, I don't think I've spent any money in a week. 
I think it's been a week since I last spent money. Tomorrow I have to go out and get a few groceries. And then I'll have to, you know, the thing that I really, uh, I'm a real, you might not think this listening to me, but I'm a pretty sociable guy. I'm, and I get on very well with people. I've got good charisma. Uh, I know how to read people well. Um, people like me. I engage with people really well. It's something that I do well and I enjoy it for the most part. If I don't have to do it, I enjoy it. Of course, I have my days where, you know, just don't, don't bother me. But, uh, you know, if I go down to, the, to do, get the groceries, I'm, I'm, I'm pleasant. I'm, you know, I'm, and I'm, I'm sociable. So I'll walk up to someone and say, oh, hey, do you know where such and such? And then they look at you in alarm and take five steps backwards. And, you, and then you go, what? And you, and you move towards them. What? Why, are you, why are you moving away from me? And then it's just like there's the real alarm look. And, ah, oh, oh, that's right. Oh, that, it's the plague. Oh, yes. It's just so antisocial, isn't it? Isn't it? It's really antisocial. And I, of course, am, you know, living by myself. So um, I've got, you know, straight to my immediate next door. Well, I've got all the neighbours around us and we're all, our, all of our, you know, areas look onto the back water thing here. So we're all like, oh, you're fishing. Hey, man, caught anything? And, oh, you know, come around for a drink. Had a neighbour around, older guy around for a drink. He's probably about 64, 65. And I, I, can't cu- I can't keep up with this guy. I can't keep up with this guy. Friday night, came around. Had a barbecue. I, I did pork ribs properly. So pork ribs, American style, off me head site. So cooked the ribs at about 225 Fahrenheit charcoal for about three hours. Um, smoked them with applewood beforehand. I put on the, the good rub, you know, brown, white sugar, paprika, rosemary, a few other things in there. Um, and then I've got the, the stand where you can stand up the pork ribs so that they're not lying flat. So the heat all gets around them. A uh, good tray of water there underneath to keep, you know, keep all the humidity up inside the web barbecue. And the quality of the pork ribs is superb from this fantastic butcher that I found. So my neighbours had these, and, and watching these duchies eat uh, my pork ribs was uh, just a, a revelation. It was a revelation for them to eat them, and it was a re- revelation for me to watch them. Because duchies don't do barbecues properly, um, and they admit it. They just don't know how to do it. So a barbecue in Holland basically means that uh, they get the fire as hot as they can. Drinking a nice cup of tea. No milk. Half a sugar. Um, they get the barbecue as hot as they possibly can, and then they burn everything in sight, and then they eat it for some strange reason. Um, and that's not an exaggeration at all. They don't. They don't know how. And um, I've passed Meathead's website off, you know, across to a few Dutchies, and they still, for some reason, can't approach it. Um, don't know why. I, I think it's just a cultural thing that they're not able to cook properly on a barbecue. Um, I think the the top uh, nationalities that I've experienced personally for barbecue cooking, and yes, I know you come from fucking some town in Uruguay and up there you do amazing, I don't care. But the best uh, countries that I've seen for barbecues are 
in no particular order. Uh, the US, the USA, Southern USA, uh, went to some great barbecues down there and they really, they really take pride in, you know, what they're able to come up with. They've even got barbecue restaurants down there. Well, there was a barbecue restaurant in, uh, in Homer, Louisiana that was sensational. Um, and um, Argentina, Argentinians really know how to cook meat on a barbecue. Um, and I'm not, I've never been to Argentina, but I've worked with a lot of Argentinians uh, rafting in Italy, and geez, they put on some really good barbecues there. Really, 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 really good. Top notch. Uh, Kiwis, New Zealanders, pretty good at barbecues, especially the hungi. Now, the hungi is a, a Maori uh, uh, way of cooking where you dig a hole in the back in the backyard as if you're going to murder somebody. I think that's the best way to describe what sort of size hole you're talking about. As if you're going to murder somebody and bury the body. And you need to start pretty early in the morning. So you need to have dug the hole the day before. So it's like a two-day event. So day one, dig the hole. Uh, day two, get up early and get the fire going and get all your hot coals going and then fill the bottom of the of the hungi, and it's probably about six feet deep or something like this, um, with uh, the hot coals and rocks. You've got to get these river rocks, uh, but they've got to be rocks that don't explode when water's added to them, so they don't uh, shatter, because that'll get all through the meat. So they use a particular type of rock. And then you wrap all your meat up in banana leaves and you put it in layers and between the layers you put uh, uh, soil, sand and more rock so that the, the, the meats that need to be cooked the most are right down the bottom, your heavy meats like uh, your porks or something like that and then lighter towards fish going up to the top and then they literally cover the whole thing and then you drink for eight hours all day. And then you start eating and you dig it up layer by layer and eat your way through the different layers. It's a pretty good way of doing a barbecue. Um, the Italians aren't too bad. The Italians aren't too bad at all um, on their old barbies. Uh, they're they're a big proponent of the of the flat hot plate underneath an actual fire low, and then they'll have lots of things on it, particularly uh, vegetables cut up. They'll use a lot of olive oil, and it it comes out well. It comes out very well. Did a lot of barbecues over there in my time in Italy, both for work with the rafting and then for ourselves. Italians are good. Um, French do a good barbie. French do a good barbie. A barbecue isn't really... Uh, oh, I forgot with the Italians, the porchetta. So a 10-hour porchetta in pizza oven out the back. Fucking hell, pretty good. I count that as a barbecue. Uh, the French, uh, really, really good at, at grilling meat outdoors. Uh, been very impressed with the French. Uh, so those are my top areas around the world for barbecues. Now, you'll notice that I've left out Australia. Um, and I'm Australian. 
And I'm gonna go on the record and gonna say that the vast majority of barbecues that I've been to in Australia were pretty shit. The Australians also crank the heat up and burn everything in sight. But on top of that, they're particularly poor at um, uh, your um, backup secondary dishes like your salads and uh, and breads and uh, and that sort of thing. It's just it's just horrific. Um, I would even class Australian barbecue skills in general. If I was if I was going to be invited to a, a barbecue in Australia, or I vaguely knew some people. Um, I would class them below the Dutch. And the reason for this is at least the Dutch know their shit at barbecues. Uh, I was talking, I had my neighbours eating my sensational pork ribs. And we were talking about, and they're just like, oh my God, this is, they, these guys, were their minds were blown. They could not believe what they were eating came off a barbecue. They just couldn't believe it. And they couldn't, the thing they really couldn't believe is that I set it all up and then I walked away and I didn't look at it for two hours. Uh, all I did was, I mean, I didn't lift the lid. All I did was come back and make sure the temperature was okay, where I am, where I needed to be. 225 is your sweet spot, but 250 is good. Don't want to drop below 200. That's not, that's not doing any good for you. So eventually, you know, every now and then I'll, I'll adjust an air vent or something like that. Or I might put a little bit more, you know, charcoal in there. Or, um, but otherwise I don't touch it. And they, they just can't get their heads around the fact that... Well, the, the one that really blows them away is when I do pulled pork. Because my pulled pork, you're normally looking at nine hours for pulled pork. But what I do is uh, at the base of the Weber, so it's a circle, the Weber barbecue, the classic Weber style. And you get... Briquettes are the best to use because charcoal is just too hard to manage the heat. It just gets too hot. Briquettes are much more manageable. Oh, I've got to buy some briquettes tomorrow. Uh, let me write that down. I need a shopping list. Shopping list. Briquettes. Thanks, guys. If I hadn't done this podcast, I would have forgotten those tomorrow. Um, anyway, you get I, I just get a few briquettes. If you're looking at one of those uh, Weber chimneys that you use to light it, I'd say about a quarter of that in briquettes, not very many at all. You know, because you, you don't want to get it too hot. You want 225. When they're ready, you put them right in the base, so below the, the, the grill tray, uh, freely in the base. Um, and then you'll spread out more briquettes in a... In a following the, the outside of the circle from it. So basically, the briquettes heat the briquettes next to them, and it's kind of like a little, you know, pass-the-parcel message. And that'll get you through about seven to nine hours, depending on how you've done it. Obviously, you can't make it a complete circle. There has to be a gap, because otherwise it'll go in both directions. Um, and, and they've seen me, uh, my immediate neighbour has seen me do that, and nine hours later, it's pulled pork, and I've barely looked at it. They just can't believe it. It's just like literally, yeah, I could go to work and come back and the pulled pork's done. Um, so, you know, blowing their minds. And, 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 and they freely admitted to me that Dutch barbecues are the pits. 
Really, really terrible. Terrible, 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 terrible. But like I said, Australian barbecues are worse because Australian barbecues are just as bad, but Australians think they're the best of the world of barbecues. Put another shrimp on the barbie, mate. Put another shrimp on the barbie, even though we call them prawns. Nothing else. I've been to some horrendous barbecues in Australia and the guy running the barbecue um, and and everyone who's bought food, it's just, it's just dreadful. Then on top of that, it's probably 40 degrees. There are flies everywhere. Everyone gets pissed really, really fast and can't hold their drink. Um, there will be screaming kids who have never been disciplined in their entire lives except when it's far too late to discipline them running everywhere and they've all been drinking coke or raspberry something Uh, so they're jacked to the tits on sugar that's what an australian barbecue and there will be at least two women called karen with the identifiable distinguishing Features both uh, physical and behavioural of that subspecies. Now, a Dutch barbecue, the food will be terrible. Um, there'll be alcohol there, but half of people will, will just be, you know, drinking coffee. Uh, everyone will be chatting in a nice way. The kids will be well behaved for the most part. Um, and you'll get your burnt food. And there'll be a nice, nice side dishes to go with it. And because you're one of the few people drinking, you won't get off your tits and start punching up the guy who uh, was looking at your girlfriend's tits. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'd rate the, um, the, the Dutch barbecues above the Australian by an or, or order of magnitude. By the way, don't get me wrong, Kiwi barbecues, all of the same behavioural aspects will be going on as I've just described about the Australian one um, but the food's good so you know they get up the list Uh, American barbecues Americans are strange because outside of America they're dodgy as in behavioral aspects and in America they're they're not dodgy at all it's very bizarre I think um, Americans use their passports and um, and it's like Jekyll and Hyde for some reason with Americans. So, you know, American barbecues were the ones that I went to. I went to a, a crawfish uh, barbecue thing. Wow. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And the food was sublime. Everyone's sitting around having a lovely time. Everyone's just chatting, sitting on chairs. Chatting, I was chatting, and I could chat to kids there too. I could chat to like ten-year-old kids and have an adult conversation. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Okay, good. Ah, oh, it was lovely, lovely. So, um, uh, I don't know how I got into the stuff. Ah, so my sixty-five-year-old neighbour came round, had the pork ribs, and uh, then proceeded to drink me under the table. Uh, left at midnight, and um. The next morning, Saturday morning, I woke up with a stonking headache uh, because we hit Armagnac at the end of it So I got a very nice Armagnac and I was just keeping up with him and it was brutal, man. It was brutal. And um, 
uh, we were supposed to go out and have a look at some uh, uh, outdoor furniture. He wanted my opinion on it to buy. So I met him at 9.30. That was hard. Um, and um, it's got an amazing, amazing, amazing house. And we had coffee and then he said, oh, probably driving in the car together with this whole social distancing thing. It's supposed to be a metre and a half. Probably isn't going to work. I was like, yes, yes. And I was looking at him and he looked absolutely fine. I said, do you have a headache? And he's like, no. And I was like, oh. Just me then. And I said, oh, it must have been, I had, I had a few beers uh, before you turned up, you know, trying to talk myself up. And it was like, I had a bottle of white wine before I turned up. And I was just like, oh, my God. All right. Okay. So he's, he's, he's an absolute machine. An absolute machine. Um, and, um, and he scares me. He scares me. Um, good guy. Good, good, good guy. But really, my uh, my neighbours. Uh, I've just finished my tea. My neighbours are really the only uh, the only people that I've been um, talking to face to face. And uh, don't get me wrong, you know, I I've gone I, when I lived in the mountains in Italy when I was single up there, uh, especially in the winter, when it was chucking it down, snow white. I could go. I could go days without talking to anyone, but you're in the mountains and you're looking out, and it's it's amazing view, and you're putting the fire on, and and the snow's all down. And, and, you know, this is I don't know, just different. But anyway, I hope that you're all. Um, oh, and by the way, Australians, feel free to argue with me about. Australian barbecues, but I suspect, I suspect, I suspect that a number of Australians listening to this podcast would be nodding along to my description of a typical Australian barbecue with, uh, in total agreement. I predict that if I get comments about this particular aspect of this show from Australians, I predict the majority will be in agreement with what I'm saying. And they'll probably be along the lines of, I thought it was just me, but you've, you've, you've come out and said what everyone was thinking. Australians don't know how to do barbecues in general. Yes, I know you're brilliant. Yes, I know you're... Oh, blah, 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 blah. Um, this takes me. This takes me to another topic. So, if you're an Australian now, and my comments on um, Australians not being able to barbecue upset you, um, then. Well, let's let's discuss this in a different way. So, a couple of weeks ago, I wrote an article on the boomers' reaction to the plague that we're going through at the moment. And the guys over at Men of the West, um, they put up my article sometimes, and they contacted me and said, oh, we really want to run this one. Can we run this? I said, sure. 
Go for your lives. And they got a boomer come in and start arguing in the comments. And we're talking like walls of text arguments. So I'll just, I'll just, I'll just read you his first comment. Uh, you speak as though all boomers are guilty of raping the economy and reducing opportunities for the younger generation. Well, I'm a boomer. I've got to do my boomer voice, don't I? Fuck. You speak as though all boomers are guilty of raping the economy and reducing opportunities for the younger generation. Well, I'm a boomer. Born in 1958, I have no college education. I've served six years in the US Army. I've worked semi-skilled manufacturing jobs that millennials are too lazy or too entitled to do and never managed an income of over 40 grand per year. That being said, I will be retiring this year during a financial and health crisis not of my own making. I stand to lose more of my hard-earned money accumulated painstakingly over the years to the real greedy monstrous leeches of our society. All caps now. Politicians, bankers and bureaucrats. End caps. They produce nothing of use. Only misery regulations, rules and restrictions from the very people who make this country function. I want you to explain to me how I am a civilizational vampire. So that was a pretty good one. And the guys at Men of the West contacted me and said, oh, by the way, we've got this boomer here. You might want to come and check out his comments. And a few of them, you know, were you know, going back and forth with him. And then he comes out with more walls of text. Walls of text. So I came in. And I want to thank uh, one of my commenters, Gunner. Gunner's got his own website. You can check it out uh, on my uh, blog links there. And Gunner came out with a good comment that I paraphrased. He came out with a comment on my original post at my site on this. Uh, that I was like, oh, that's a good comment. That's a good comment. That kind of really sums up uh, when boomers get their back up at you attacking boomers in general. Uh, and Gunner put it really well. Oh, I've got to be fair to Gunner. All right, let's, let's go. Let's go to, let's go to the thing, uh, finding, there's 54 comments on this because it got linked um, by Vox Day, so I got smashed. Uh, not the most commented piece. Um, Gunnar said, um, no, 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 no. no. No, no, that's not. He's, he's got another comment. There we go. Uh, that's not it. He did a few comments on this. Now I can't find his comment. Oh, here we go. So a boomer on my site said, what is my crime in your eyes? Kind of similar to the one over at Men of the West that I was talking about. And Gunner's response was, defending your generation for one. A giveaway of identity politics is an innocent man defending another man who is guilty yet, in inverted commas, my people. When somebody hates on Gen Xers for being naive fools, I don't take it personally because I know I'm not who they're talking about. Gen X is not my human identity. When someone 
hates on millennials for being lazy munchers of avocado toast, the ones who work and save, no, they aren't who are being talked about. Millennial is not their human identity. But man, you criticise baby boomers for being selfish gits. And the ones who claim to not be like that are the most vocal defenders of those who are. My race, right or wrong much? We can all... Uh, blah, blah, blah. So I, I got inspired by that comment of uh, Gunner. Well done, Gunner. Uh, and I responded to this guy uh, over at Men of the West in the following way. As regards our resident boomer, the gentleman doth protest too much, methinks. To expand, our boomer does not see himself as an individual. He is strongly attached to his generational tribe, which is why any attack on that generation sees an overreaction on his part to defend that with which he identifies. He proclaims to be not like those other boomers, yet is outraged that anyone would have the nerve to criticise that generation. He has taken this attack personally precisely due to his level of pride of being a part of the boomer generation. His words betray and damn him and his ilk. Um, he responded, Adam, I assume I'm the resident boomer to which you refer, which is pretty funny because he was the only boomer commenting on the fucking piece. Um, Unless you are a degreed psychologist, and even then you cannot know only speculators to my tribal and emotional affiliations. Uh, oh, God, he went down. Uh, anyway, I quoted, I, I responded to him again. Uh, and this is the part of his that I quoted in my response. By the way, this is him. By the way, I don't believe my posts indicate moral outrage. I am waiting for someone to articulate exactly what I have done as an individual to create what you perceive as an offence to you, either as an individual or generation. And then I responded with, you have attempted to make the article that I wrote to be entirely about you, which makes you the target, not the target audience. Okay, Boomer? I like the little, okay, Boomer, with a question mark. Uh, and it's it was really uh, nice of... Uh, it was, a, it was a great comment by Gunner because uh, it really it really was like, oh, that's exactly the way to put it. You know, that's why I like the comments so much on my blog because um, most of the time I don't argue with anyone who comes into my blog and starts piss, trying to piss on everyone from the terraces or something like that because I know that my uh, regular commenters are going to come in and set them straight very, very fast indeed. I don't have to do it. I don't have to do it. Very, very few times will I come in and do it myself, and that's only when it's 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 particularly needed. Um, but I tend to stay out of the comments. Um, but it would be the same the same thing if any Australians got upset at me saying that in general Australians don't know how to barbecue because it's fucking true, and it's direct observation from growing up and living and being an Australian. And a real Australian too, not a paper Australian. Okay, uh, that's who I'm talking about. All right, a real fucking Australian. So, uh, but I, I get the feeling, I get the feeling that the majority of Australians will agree with me uh, on my observation about Australian barbecues. All right, shout out, Captain Capitalism is Aaron Clary and he uh, sponsors his book uh, which is very nice of him to do 
Now, he's got podcasts, he's got uh, his site, Captain Capitalism's got blogspot.com, um, and he's got a new book out about the millennial generation. Now, Cappy, here's the weird thing. If we go to your site, your first book is Bachelor Pad Economics, and then... Poor Richard's Retirements, then Worthless, then Captain Claflin Reserve, then Reconnaissance Man, then Captain Capitalism Top Shelf, then Reserved Again, then Curse of the High IQ, then Enjoy the Decline, then The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, then you got one of my books, both of my books, thanks for that, um, and, and you don't have your new book on your main page. I don't understand that. What's going on? Cappy. Cappy. What's going on? Um, so check out Cappy's new book. It's about millennials. I've got a copy. I'm halfway through it. And I'm going to be doing a review of his book uh, when I get to the end. Um, it's a little bit... A bit heavy going. It's a bit depressing. A bit this book. It, it it's all it all seems very accurate, um, but uh, yeah, it's a bit of a tough nut this one to crack. But I'll uh, I'll be giving it a review in a few weeks. Um, <clears throat> if you like this podcast, uh, subscribe to my podcast here, and you can do that on the site. Um, SoundClouds. Um, just sent me a uh, email saying that they've now got a donate button for content creators. That's me, where people can donate uh, as if you're buying the episodes. Um, I suppose I am producing something. I don't think I'm going to go that way though. Um, I will say that in the next couple of weeks. I will be launching um, something on my blog, uh, which is a monetization. It's it's a it's a product that I'm going to be an affiliate of. So I'm, I'm do not worry at all. I'm not going to be I'm not going down that route of of you know you open up my web page and the whole thing crashes because of all the pop up ads that are hitting you from every which way. It's never going to happen. I've been I've been quietly um, checking out. Uh, identifying, exploring ways to monetize better uh, the blog. Because a lot, of, a lot, quite a few people are like, oh, why don't you get a Patreon? I want to send you money. It's like, nah, nah. I'm not going to do the internet begging thing. But um, this is an excellent product, uh, and hopefully I'm going to have it up this week. And um, more news on that when it comes up, and I'll um, I'll probably be doing an article about that as well. So if you do. Still want to support me and slip me bucks. Hopefully you'll like this product. And if you don't need it for yourself, you can maybe buy it for someone else. So uh, tune in for that over the next week or so. Hopefully that's going to happen pretty soon. Uh, you can get my books, Pushing Rubber Downhill. And gee, perfect time to read them too, guys. Uh, Run Guts, Pull Cones. By the way, I reread Run Guts, Pull Cones uh, last week. Because someone said something about it. And I had to check something up in the book. Uh, and then I just got reading. And listen... I don't spruit my own stuff that much, but I haven't picked up that book for a couple of years. I was laughing out loud. I was genuinely laughing out loud multiple times. 
It's really funny. I was really happy with it. Isn't that great that you write a book, you spend heaps of time on it, you know the thing back to front, a few years later you pick it up, and I was, I was, I was, I was laughing out loud hard. So, uh, run guts, pull cones. Check it out. Hey, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in. Um, I'll try and get the next one to you back to the normal weekly schedule. Hopefully I can get some inspiration happening. Hopefully uh, you guys can all get inspired as well. Uh, we'll call this one The Barbecue Episode. And uh, don't you guys go changing. Take care. Ciao.